Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans. Welcome to episode 186 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. Flying solo on today's episode, but it's going to be a good one. Don't you worry. Uh, we're going to start the show the same way we do every week. Jump straight into the breakdown. And the breakdown is presented by First Bank. First Bank is the official banking partner of Infinity Park. They believe in banking for good, doing their best to do right by their customers, communities, and employees. Banking for good, member FDIC. Of course, we're going to start talking about the American Raptors in this breakdown piece. Uh, but this is quietly turning into the Line La 2 portion of the show. Uh, right after I hit publish on the podcast last week, I was a little bit late getting it up. Sorry about that. Forgot to hit save. Uh, the Houston Sabercats released their roster for their Western Conference Eliminator match against the Seattle Seawolves, and Lene Latu was listed at the starter at the wing. Uh, so I didn't know that was happening. Um, I think everybody was caught a little bit by surprise because Houston never announced that Lene signed with them, and he didn't play for the Sabercats all year, obviously. He's playing with the Raptors, doing some PR7 stuff. Uh, so they very obviously signed him off the street before this playoff match, and I wasn't sure. I didn't think this was something that was allowed to happen. Because what's stopping teams from loading up on top-tier talent, playing in other competitions, or so be it, whatever. They might be in between teams, something like that, when their season's over, um, and throwing them in there and, and winning you know, important matches. Uh, because like, if you think about it that way, there's several players on the Raptors teams that could you know, likely sign with MLR competitor um, and contribute, and the season's offset enough that you know these MLR teams could get a couple of weeks out of them if that's what they wanted to do. And I'm not knocking the players, I'm not knocking Lene at all. Uh, any other player that wants to do this, go get yourself a check, play some some good rugby. Um, but I just, you know, from a fan perspective, uh, from an other team perspective that isn't doing stuff like that, that just seems like that sucks, right? That kind of sucks. And last year I know people alleged that New York did the same thing. I'm not familiar enough with the, with the rules to say whether or not, you know, that was against the law or whatever. Uh, but Brian Ray of America's Rugby News weighed in on Houston's edition of Lene late last week. Offered some clarification on how the league, you know, governs this type of situation. He said that there's rules in place that a player must be signed for four matches. Doesn't necessarily mean they have to play for four matches, but as long as they're on the team for four matches prior to the playoffs, uh, they're good to go. Um, that wasn't the case with Lene. He said Brian Ray said that the league granted an exception. Uh, that made Lene available to play. So it sounds like Houston's dealing with a lot of injuries and whatnot. Uh, you know, they made a pitch to the league, and the league said, you know what, yep, you're right. You know, I think above all, the league wants competitive matches, and the best way to get competitive matches is to play good players. They want it to be good. Lene is a good player, obviously. Um, and the Sabercats ended up losing to the Seawolves, so it's just kind of put any chatter of, you know, unfairness and sneaky moves to bed. Uh, I'm just I'm just surprised. Is, again, this is not a shot at Lena at all. I would go play as well. Uh, any player that does this, like, like I said, get your money, go play good rugby. Uh, this just kind of more shine a light on the league to me, like how this can happen. I'm surprised there's no more concrete rules to prevent this from happening. Just because, like I said, you could you could you know work the system to make this work in your favor every year if you really wanted to. You could just kind of float in the regular season once you make the playoffs you know uh rest guys whatever um and then just kind of wait for reinforcements to come you know okay we just got to get to this certain point um and then we got these studs coming you know out of nowhere kind of playing certain you know a lot of significant minutes 
and we win the championship. Um, so I'm just surprised that this, you know, there's not really a rule in place that governs this. But like I said, I think like what it ultimately boils down to, they just want it to be good quality rugby. They want it to be competitive. Um, and that's a that's a way, you know, to ensure that happens. Um, so I went back through, I guess I'll, you know, I just went back through and I looked to see if you could do this in other leagues. Um, and I was surprised about what I found because, like I said at the top of this little segment, I, I just think that kind of sucks. It's not really that fun for the fans to see a random player come in, to, you know, they don't really know who they are. Um, or, you know, it just sucks for the players that worked hard to get you to that point of the season, and then uh, for whatever reason they don't get a play. That's a bummer. So uh, that's what I think if I was the president, if I ran MLR, if I was the governor, commissioner, president, king of MLR, I just w- I would put rules, I think, in place to prevent this. And I, I bet ultimately that's what the league gets to. Um, but I don't know. I just I didn't like it. Maybe feel weird. Um, but hey, whatever. Uh, and like I said, I looked at, I looked at all the other, you know, professional, big force professional sports, uh, in the United States, kind of see how they operate. Um, and this is kind of what I found. So in the NBA, you can't sign a player once the playoffs have started. You can sign a player right before this season ends. So you can get them boom, like last game of the year, whatever, last day of the regular season, uh, you can get them then, and then they can play in the playoffs for you. But once the playoffs have started, the only way you can sign a player off another team, uh, no, you can't sign anyone once the playoffs have started. And you say like a, a good player is playing on another NBA team, the only way that player can come play for you is um, if they're waived before March 1st. So... Uh, that's the only way that that kind of happens. Uh, it sounds like the NHL is set up pretty close to the same. Uh, it's a lot like the NBA in that sense. You can sign a player during the playoffs, but they will be ineligible to play in that postseason. They can play next year. Um, and baseball is kind of set up the same way. You have a 40-man roster in baseball. Uh, it gets cut down to a 26-man roster, and I'm pretty sure you need to have that stuff set by the end of the season. So there's no... You know, there's no sneaky stuff going on there in the MLB. Uh, I was surprised to learn you can do this in the NFL. You can sign a player that isn't under contract, um, and you can sign players off of other teams' practice squads during the postseason, but you can't trade players during the postseason. So I know last year, Dell Beckham Jr. was dealing with that knee injury. He missed the whole season, but he was pretty much ready to go by the end of the year. Um, I remember seeing stuff that he was available you know, to be signed if a team found him you know, compelling enough to add that to their squad. Um, and I could see, like, this is kind of sounds like the Sabercats issue. Maybe they had a bunch of injuries. Um, you know, they, they needed somebody to come in and play wing. Your your hand's kind of forced there, and I guess that's good that MLR has a rule to do that. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I'm not familiar enough with the Sabercats to know if that was the case or not. Uh, but I guess, like, the reason you don't see this in the NFL is because that's never going to be a good option, right? The the player coming off the street is not going to probably not going to contribute more than the players that have been on your team all year. They know the plays, they know the, you know, system, they know the players around them. You're not going to like mess up a good thing. Um and you would kind of think rugby could be a little bit like that, but rugby is so like free flowing in a way that you can insert anybody at any time and everybody kind of runs the same plays. It's not like a super complex system. Um, and especially playing a position like wing, you know, aside from a few, you know, backs moves and set pieces and stuff, uh, the job description's kind of the same. So 
that's my little, little two cents on that. Again, no shot at any player that does this. I would do the exact same thing. I'm more. I'm just kind of more baffled that the league has this in place, and like they have rules in place to prevent this, and they didn't follow them. So I'm sure that was an interesting conversation, um, and I would like to learn a little bit more about that. But hey, uh, that's what happened. Sabercats lost. Seawolves advance. That's that. Uh, a couple other things I want to talk about in the breakdown before we jump into all the rugby you could watch this weekend. Um, some stuff happened in Infinity Park. Rugby Town 7's tickets went on sale last week. I wanted to mention that last week, but it spaced my mind. And, uh, you know, summer movies all, all summer. Every Monday, uh, pretty much every Monday in July, with the exception of this upcoming Monday, 10th, 17th, and 24th. Um, it should be fun. I was at the first one. I encourage people to go check it out. If you're free, looking for something to do, um, infinitypark.glendale.com gives you all the information you're looking for there. Let's go and jump into all the rugby you can watch this weekend. All the rugby you can watch this weekend is brought to you by Wintergreen. Wintergreen loves rugby and wants to support USA Rugby's mission of uniting an inclusive, passionate rugby community to grow the sport of rugby in America. Wintergreen gels, creams, sprays, and soaks are made with wintergreen oil and other therapeutic natural oils that help soothe and support sore muscles and joints to keep you at your best. Visit wintergreensport.com to purchase the products you need to help you prepare to win. I couldn't find a whole lot going on this weekend, so I'm really just going to talk about the MLR uh, conference final matches. The first one being Old Glory DC uh, heading up to New England to take on the Free Jacks. That uh, is the Eastern Conference final, of course. It's on Saturday at 3.30 p.m., and it will be on Fox Sports 1. And in the West, we have the Seattle Seawolves at the San Diego Legion. Uh, that's on Sunday at 4 p.m. You can catch that on Fox Sports 2. I've got a, I'm really interested in this match. This is like one of the great MLR rivalries, right? They've played each other a, a ton. Um, probably, I don't have this on authority. I would guess they've got to be up towards the top of the most of the match that's happened the most. These two teams have had to play each other, uh, the, if not the most, second or third most in the whole competition, you know, as some of the OG teams kind of drop out. Um, and the way that they've moved into conferences. They're both in the same conference now, so they see each other more often than they would see uh, a NOLA or, you know, anything, Rugby ATL, something like that on the East Coast. Um, and this gave us one of the great, really, like, conference final matches of all time back in 2019. Oh, not even the conference final match. MLR final match, excuse me, I misspoke there. Back in 2019, uh, the, the famous or infamous, whichever way you look at it, rolling mall that the Seawolves had. Uh, into the into the end goal at the end of the match to to win the final for the second year in a row. Um, so hopefully, you know, we get something like that again. I'll talk a little bit more about that in the mailbag portion of the episode, but I'm really looking forward to watching that one on Sunday afternoon. Let's go and jump in the mailbag. The mailbag is brought to you by O'Neill's. O'Neill's is the official sportswear supplier to the biggest teams in World Rugby, Infinity Park, and the American Raptors. Shop apparel now at O'Neill's.com. O-N-E-I-L-L-S dot com. It's been a while since we've done a mailbag. Uh, I thought this would be a good week. You know, I rounded up three questions and we'll rip through them. Uh, first one being, who are you picking in this week's MLR Conference Finals matches? That's from Kevin. Thank you for the question, Kevin. Uh, I admittedly have not been watching as much MLR this season as I have in the past just because my personal life has been in shambles, for lack of a better term, this year. Uh, but from what I've seen, it would feel silly for me to pick against San Diego and New England. Um, I've seen San Diego, you know, from afar, has had a historic year. So they set the MLR record, I think, for win streaks and most regular season wins in a season. Um, and the Free Jacks have also had quite the year out east. So 
that's who I think will win. That's my very uneducated opinion. Um, but I am, like I said, you know, in the previous segment, I'm interested in the history of the San Diego Seattle match. Uh, San Seattle's really had San Diego's number anytime that it's really mattered, um, and you kind of wonder if that's if that's going to change because uh, you know if history repeats itself, or can San Diego Legion buck this trend and, and finally get this monkey off their back and and win one and then go to the final and, and get it done. Um, as I was kind of thinking about this, ma- these matches this weekend, both of those teams I just mentioned kind of remind me of the Denver Nuggets in a way. Um, weirdly, I mean, the Nuggets just won. I'm, I'm a Nuggets fan. Uh, and just kind of like how, you know, their their rise and their ascent to the top of, of the league, um, potentially, it looks like the Nuggets, what the Nuggets have been through. Uh, when I say this, like, I mean, in San Diego, they've gone through heartbreak a lot, uh, a few times. Um, they've almost, almost, you know, been crowned champions of the league, fallen just short. Uh, they've been the playoffs a couple times. Um, like I said, I don't need to remind anyone of the 2019 championship final between San Diego and Seattle. And I do think that that stuff's important. You have to get your heart ripped out of your chest and feel that pain of losing before you can be a winner. Uh, and San Diego's definitely knocked the first part of that out. So it seems like now it could be their year. They're red hot. They're rolling. This could be the year that they finally win. Um, and in New England, you know, I've never had that, you know, close of a beat on the Free Jacks since they've been in MLR. But, again, from afar, they've always felt like a team that's been built the right way. Um, and I respect that. And, you know, from what I've seen, they've been fun to watch. Um, they have a little bit of that, you know, heartbreak hotel going for them. Um because they've been competitive, uh, earned a playoff berth last year, lost a close one to the eventual champions. Well, this could be the year for them also. So uh, I don't think anyone would be disappointed in a San Diego-New England Free Jacks final. Um, we certainly wouldn't be disappointed in the Old Glory DC and uh, Seawolves final either. But I think there could be a little bit of, of Seawolves fatigue since they have been in it. Uh, you know, they've won two. Uh, they've been contenders in the past. Um, and, you know, Everyone hates a winner if you've been a winner for too long. Uh, so that's kind of what I think about the conference finals this weekend. Moving to the next question. Um, we got, what were your overall thoughts on the inaugural Super Rugby America season from Zach? Thank you, Zach, for the question. Um, you know, simply put, I thought it was super entertaining. I was surprised. I really was. Like I, I've said this to a number of interview subjects, and if you've listened to the show for a while, you've heard Um but I have watched, you know, a decent amount of rugby, especially, you know, North American rugby in the last decade or so. Um, and I was a little bit surprised to see a noticeable difference between the rugby played in the MLR and in Super Rugby Americas. Um, and I think that's the case because Super Rugby Americas, you know, is Southern Hemisphere rugby. It just looked different. That's what I said to, like, everybody I talked to about it. It just looked a little bit different. Um, I don't know if it, was, it looked faster, um, if it was just a little bit more organized, like, after watching a season of it, I, I think I can comfortably say that for me personally, um, I thought the quality in Super Rugby Americas, quality of rugby that is, was a little bit better than MLR. Um, but that, again, that's not even a shot at MLR when you look at how the Super Rugby Americas teams are set up. These teams train year, together all year round. They're pseudo-national sides. Uh, so it's not surprising that they have everything to a T, that they've, you know, they, they know each other inside and out. Um, so, you know, like I said, I just was a little bit surprised to for me to notice that a, a noticeable difference in just how the style of rugby that was being played. Um, 
And it was reassuring to kind of talk to people that have experience in both competitions say the same thing. They're just like, you know, yeah, you are right. It is a little bit different. Um, and if you go back and listen to any interview I did with anybody that played in MLR and Super Rugby Americas, you know, I tried to get that point across. And even back to the early, you know, interviews back at Media Day, talking to some of the guys that were coming over from Super Rugby Americas and kind of just saying, you know, I've been telling, you know, Diego Fortuny uh, said, I've been telling them this is not, you know, this is different, man. This is a different type of rugby. We're going to have to be in crazy good shape. Um, yeah, so it was just it was just different. But I really did enjoy it. Um, I thought it was super entertaining. I was I was happy to see the Raptors play competitive rugby throughout the season. Uh, it would have been no fun if the team that I'm covering and I'm paying the most attention to just got waxed every week. That would have sucked, and I'm glad that wasn't the case. There was two matches that were kind of like that, uh, but that was it. Those seemed like outliers in the grand scheme of things. Uh, <clears throat> would definitely have liked to see a couple more wins for sure, but what can you do? At the end of the day, it was, it was competitive, it was entertaining, and that's really all we can ask for in sports. Uh, so I hope, I, I'm hope i hoping to see it continue to grow and evolve, and I'm excited to kind of see what that next step is uh, when things get rolling again around Christmas time. Next question, which one of the Raptors were you impressed by in 2023? Is from Chuck. Chuck is a great name, by the way. My neighbor's name is Chuck. He's a, he's a nice guy. Uh, but to answer the question, Chuck, somebody I was impressed by in 2023 was Ryan James. Uh, Ryan was a guy that had spent a little bit of time around when he was with the Raptors, the Colorado Raptors back in 2020, that COVID-shortened season. Um, but he was very young, wasn't getting a ton of run on the MLR side back then. It was more, you know, in the PRP stuff. But he was I, I knew he was one of the best players on that PRP team. Um, and to see the growth in his game over the last few years live in the flesh and up close again uh, was really cool to see. To me, it felt like Ryan always made the right play. I'm sure he didn't. We can talk to people that might tell me otherwise. But, you know, watching from the stands, watching on the computer, watching on the TV, uh, he just seemed like he was always where he needed to be, doing what he needed to do. He played a ton of minutes, so you, you knew you could count on him. Uh, he always ran hard when he had the ball, scored a couple of tries this year, and he was a short tackler. Uh, just an overall, you know, positive influence on the team. He contributed to winning. He was a winning player, and the Raptors need players like that. They needed players like that last year, um, and he was one of them for sure. Uh, so I was I was really impressed to see the way Ryan played and just kind of the impact that he had on matches week in and week out, um, and I'm hoping to see him back. But, you know, he's a talented player. And he's got a lot going for him, and he can pretty much go wherever he wants to. Um, but we're looking forward to seeing what Ryan continues to do um, and, you know, hopefully he keeps climbing the ranks. That kind of does it for uh, questions. You know, I can talk about a few more topics, but we'll save them for a rainy day. So thank you for everybody that sent in questions. If you want to send in a question, you want me to answer it my, to the best of my abilities. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the NVR underscore rugby. Send me a DM, um, and I'll answer those questions for you. Let's go ahead and move into the required reading portion of the show. Required reading is brought to you by Maria Empanada. Maria Empanada is Denver's home for rugby lovers. There are three convenient locations on South Broadway, Stanley Marketplace, and Riverview. Make it easy to pick up delicious empanadas on the way home from Rugby Town, USA. Visit MariaEmpanada.com to order yours today. The piece I'm going to talk about today is entitled F45's Adam Gilchrist is Suddenly Hands Off. Um, it's by Jessica Sear in the Australian Financial Review. 
And I don't know if Jessica's on just the, the Gilchrist beat or something this week, but I've seen two articles come out from her um, in the last week or so, just kind of about what's been going on with Adam Gilchrist. Uh, <clears throat> the one I the reason I included this one, there's another one floating around that is a little bit juicier, but that one's behind a paywall. I found an archive link to this one, so it's not behind a paywall. It's just kind of easier, but y- you get the gist. kind of touches on some of the same things. Um, there's a couple of revealing things in this piece about what happened to Gilchrist and uh, where things stand with the Giltinis and the Gilgronis. It sounds like he's in the middle of uh, paying them back what he owes them, which is good, um, making it right. Um, and his lawyers are quick to say that he's doing this out of the kindness of his heart and not because the law is telling him to. So I recommend you check this out. I'll link the article to this archive piece uh, in the article that houses this podcast as well in the description of this podcast. Um, so it'll be nice and easy to find if you want to click on this and see what I'm talking about. Good move in the stat of the week now. Uh, stat of the week is presented by Catapult. Catapult is committed to making performance technology available to athletes at all levels, whether it's the biggest teams and organizations in world sport or amateur rugby players. Catapult helps monitor performance like the pros. For more information, visit catapultsports.com. Like I said, last week, my guy Matt's been over there in the corner crunching up some numbers for me, um, really giving, painting me a good picture of what the the 2023 Super Rugby America season looks like statistically. Um, so last week I talked about, what did I talk about? Minutes played. Uh, this week I'm talking about tacklers. Uh, so I'm going to give you the top five tacklers for the Raptors in 2023. Um, coming in at fifth, we got Ryan James with 71. Uh, in fourth, Peyton Talia Alalia was 78. In third, we have Diego Magno scored eight or scored. He tackled 83. Uh, he finished with 83 tackles. Man, it's easy for me to say. I'm having a hard time spinning this up. In second, we have Rona Murphy with 89 tackles. And in first, we have Diego Fortuny uh, with 90 tackles on the year. In total, the entire Raptors team made 1,108 tackles during the 2023 Super Rugby America season. Um, I don't know if that's high or low. What do you think? Uh, as I hear it, maybe that's a little bit low. Um, 12 matches. So I don't know. Let me know what you think about that uh, as I kind of try to digest that number in my brain. And let me know, and we'll talk about it on next week's show. Um, that does it for Stat of the Week. Let's go ahead and close the show with The Loop. The Loop is presented by Physio Pro. Physio Pro is an official partner of the American Raptors. Visit physio-pro.com for more information. Don't really have anything to push other than buy your Rugby Town 7s tickets. They're on sale. Uh, RugbyTownUSA.com will take you right to it. Um, and follow along for everything we've got going on at DNVR Rugby on Twitter at the NVR underscore rugby. Send this to your friends. Uh, they can make fun of me or whatever. I don't care. I just need eight more followers on Twitter. We're going backwards now. I'm so close to 1,000. Would appreciate any help Get me over that hump. Uh, that kind of does it for the show. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, looking forward to catching you back here after the 4th of July holiday. Be safe, enjoy some fireworks, eat a hot dog, and we'll see you next week.